You're too late. Who's the best show here? Tech Show! Who's the best show here? Tech Show! Good, that's the best one yet. I am short. Pizza, pizza. Big Showtime! I'm just swinging in the breeze. When you were making egg for young in the kitchen, I was in the dining room having sushi. It's a little thing, Tech Show, and that's fact. If you don't like the cast, you can get up your ass. Ain't no funny duddies that a link is fast. But the truth is, go to the DLNGS. Download and I see channels of Linux Day.net. Bound Tech Show. Just sit right there, cause the calendar's just about to begin. Um. Welcome to episode 1035 of the Linux Link Tech Show. On the show tonight, we have Joel. I guess we did have Joel. Now he disappeared. <laughs> we have Joe. Yep, I'm here. We have Dave. Hello. Who's making all that goddamn racket up there, Paige? Dang it, I'm sorry. Well, we, I, I blew it. I'm here too. <laughs> we have Paige. And, and I, I brought Paige on this week to cover a couple of topics. I really wanted her to talk about, uh, her use of Krita and how she's been using it for her artwork and her digital comic. But right. she has a topic that she wants to bring up before that, which involves uh, businesses and websites and website design woes. So why don't we start with that and then get to the good stuff later? Okay. I'm not going to lie. Couldn't really hear what you were just saying because I'm having a little bit of headphone difficulty here. But I'm pretty sure you just told me to talk about the... Uh, web development stuff? Yes. The web, okay. Go ahead and start with that. Right. So we want to start with that. Okay. So I have um, been working for a company that is a retail-based company, um, and we have employed a, uh, a, a web development company to design a website for us. Um, so there's a little bit of a backstory to this. The web development company is building us a website that works at the wholesale and distribution level of things. And um, we just kind of started that operation up. So we have about 20 or so, 20 to 30 storefronts. Um, and we have just gotten into the wholesale side of things. And what we're trying to do is get them to develop us a website. So the interesting thing to me is we've been trying to get this website developed with this company for a solid year now. Uh, maybe more like 10 months, but it's been a long time in the making. And so far, we have yet to see an actual functioning, like, sample of the product. Now, in the meantime, I have been using Wix to develop my own website for my personal storefront that I'm a partner for. And uh, I, I feel like I have a functional, user-friendly website developed on my own faster than a company does, which is weird for me. A, a company we're paying probably ten thousand dollars to once it's all said and done. Sounds like they bit off more than they can chew. Well, it's it's weird. I, I don't know if they bit off more than they can chew or what's going on because because they're not doing anything. That cut off part way through. You muted yourself. <laughs> Smooth move, X-Lex. Uh, 
I, I wonder if she's having, she's showing up. Oh, she dropped connection. I wonder. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I lost connection. I had a server connection issue. I'm back. Oh. All right. So we, we were asking, <laughs> what we were asking. I wonder if it's the Wi-Fi that's closer? having a problem. Yeah, should I move closer to somewhere? Is there like an issue with the connection? I wonder if people are hogging my damn Wi-Fi. Damn it. Yeah. Always ruining our fun. I know. Anyway. Um, okay. So. Let me reiterate what you said. You, uh-huh. you, you've, what we heard so far is that you've employed a company to design your wholesale side of the business website. It's been 10 months. You're going to pay them close to $10,000. Right. We've already That's paid a, half. We've already paid a deposit. All that, so, so. Have they shown you anything? No. And that's the crazy thing. So from my point of view, I am doing a very similar service to what they're doing, but for my own retail storefront. Because basically, I have a store that I'm a partner in, and I also manage a warehouse. So the store where I'm a partner in, I just slap together a little Wix website, and I've been putting in the products gradually as I have time. Now, from my point of view, this other company that is uh, the same company as our point-of-sale company Really, from my point of view, the only thing that they have to do is take the information we are putting into the point of sale and take that same information and make uh, a nice graphical user interface to display it. So I'm failing to understand what is taking 10 plus months to create when, you know, I sent them samples of other warehouses websites right. back in july you know june and july i i don't know what's going on the, la- the last thing i heard from them is that they needed subcategories for our products to know how to to organize them on the website i sent them subcategories on the first of january and i i asked them three times for an update and they said their team is working on it and i'm like what are they working on <laughs> wait oh so this the same company that runs your cash registers Exactly. Yes. And, and it's not all of our registers. It's one register for the warehouse because our warehouse oh. system and our registers in the stores are separate. So, you know, we have this web-based POS system, point of sale system that we input all of our products and our purchase orders and our orders and do all of our, uh, customer stuff on that website. And it's the same company as the people that are supposed to be making the website for us to display our products to our, you know, customers and stuff to, to have a, a usable website for, you know, online orders and, and whatnot and online shopping. And there's just right. nothing to show. I'm, I'm just so shocked because I have, you know, while working on my shop and sales and building this warehouse and all these other things, I've just been casually working on a website in my free time for my own store. And I feel right. like I have a tangible website. You can go on it. You can look at disposable Vapes, it's a vape shop. You can look at disposable vapes, you can look at coils, you can look at all sorts of products I've uploaded. The only thing that's holding me back from launching that website is just getting more of the inventory into the system. Right. But the, the website is made. You like you can see it, you can go to it, you can mess around with it, you can go to every different page and it'll say either there's nothing there or it'll show you products. I don't understand after ten months and five thousand dollars why this company can't produce even something that we could click on and look at. Right. That's just so frustrating to me. And I, I you, what you I want to do. You can probably finish it out with with Wix. And <laughs> right. Then add right. Like, exactly. Add, add like Shopify to it. And yeah. Be done with it. No, I mean. Let me ask you a question here. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that the company that has sold you the point of sale software, that's your inventory system, right? 
Yeah. So you have put in all your inventory into this system. Yes. So they, they should be able to take that information, your inventory, and make it available. That's their whole business, isn't it? Make it available via the web for wholesale, correct? Right, right, yeah. And, and their, their whole business structure is to provide us both the software for the POS slash website and also the technical support for it. Is this... Are you the one that's working with the company? Are you the only one that's working with the company? No. Um, when I first started, uh, I was the assistant to the manager communicating about it. But um, the way that my company works is a lot of the upper management level don't speak English. And since I speak English and Arabic now, I usually, even though I'm the assistant manager to most projects, end up taking more of a communicative lead when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm the one who corresponds the most, but uh, at the end of the day, like the, the people who sign the checks are not me, you know what I'm saying? But I would say like I have the most input on getting the information and giving the information. So, I mean, and the last I checked was yesterday. I said to the guy yesterday, asked for an update. He said, I'll let you know. So then are you sure that nobody else from your company is communicating with them? I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, really at this point, it's just me and one other guy who even could possibly be, maybe a third guy, but the third guy's out of the country. He's in Egypt. So, I mean, at this point, it really is only me and one other new guy who would be communicating. And I've been with that guy every morning for the past almost two weeks now, and he hasn't heard anything. And they know that they need to communicate with you, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, they most definitely do. I mean, even if they don't communicate with me, they got to communicate with somebody. You know, they're not text. They're not texting, calling, or trying to reach me or the other guy. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I really feel like they probably just think that we have no idea what it takes to make a website, and I'm, I'm really considering calling them on their, their, their BS, but... You know, it's hard because with business relations, you know, you always want to err on the side of not pissing people off who are working for you, especially if you've already paid them some money. Um, But I don't know. I I don't know what to do at this point. I guess I got to bring the hammer down. When you engaged in a contract with this company, was it all online or did they actually send a representative out? It was all online. It was all online. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not the one who picked the company. It was picked by one of my managers, so I just went with it, and I just kind of did what they asked me to do. I didn't say, hey, we should go with another company, or I don't know about this company. What country do they operate out of? I'm not sure, but it sounds like potentially um, an Indian company based off of, like, the names and everything. (laughs) Okay. And um, also, another thing about this company is when we first started using it back in June and July, the software for the point-of-sales system was very bare bones and i worked for the warehouse back in the summer and then around november no uh, uh, october mid-october i had to leave the warehouse and go back to my retail job so i left working on the point of sale for about a month and a half and when i came back to it there were so many new features added to it that i was like sort of suspicious that maybe this company was very, very new when we first started using the point-of-sale software. Like, I feel like it's just one, maybe two guys working together and making these, like, $1,000 contracts and getting people on board for these projects that are just taking them months and, like, years to complete because of how much is involved. You know what I mean? 
I, I you know it it sounds yeah. like that. It sounds like you're you're working with like a a startup company that's building this product right. as they go. Right. I it definitely has startup feelings to it. Like it, it I feel like I'm working with a startup. What I would also add, do you have access to your data? Um what do you mean by that? Like Well, obviously you you've put in a lot of time entering your data into their system. Oh Can yeah. Can you get the data out of their system? Yeah, I did men I, I talked with them about that and they said that uh in the event that we wanted to pull the like product book from the system, they said we should be able to do that. And it should be, a <laughs> should be should. able to and should. can are two different things. Yeah, you right. might want to consider do you know, trying that and you know, because I know working working with that kind of technology and stuff like that, it it's not easy. You know. Yeah. It, there's there's a lot involved, especially if you're going to do point of sale systems and secure transactions, as well as right. all that getting all that data to work into a website. It's it's not hard hard, but if you have a, a there's a whole bunch of packages out there that you can start from to do that. But at the same time, if you're building it from the ground up, that 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 is probably going to take a lot of of effort, and yeah. then also, if, if they lock your data up, you don't have much of a recourse if you can't get it out to go somewhere else. Right. You're back and, to well, and one. so so here's what I just saw because I'm on the POS system right now. It's web based, so I can access it anytime I want, which is nice. Um, but there's an option at the top that says export, and you can export everything into an Excel sheet. And <laughs> So I have the Excel sheet now that I just exported. Now you'd have to do that for every page of information. It won't do the whole product book from oh this option anyway. So, so I can have up to 200 products displayed and I can export that, but I'm not sure if there's an option to export the whole product book or not. Have they shown you any work? Um, no, 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 <laughs> no. That's, that's concerning. It is concerning, especially because we use one of their products and we're waiting on another. Like, what are we going to do if this second product falls through? Like, do we also have to switch to a new first product? Like, are we going to then want to change the POS to something different because it... So you're a part owner in a vape shop? I'm a partner of a vape shop, yeah. Uh, and uh, this company I work for has... Probably 20 to 30 locations and mostly in Virginia, but in some other states too. But we're also branching into the wholesale side of things to kind of mm. keep things close to home. So like we have a lot of upward trajectory, but it requires a lot of, uh, like contract type work because our company itself is not that many people. You know, the upper management team consists of myself and four other guys. And we run 20 to 30 vape shops in a warehouse, which is just a nightmare. It's, it's a, it's a, a lucrative, uh, exciting nightmare, but it is a nightmare, especially technologically because I, I, my upper management team is mostly people who don't speak English very well and come from the Middle East. And when you combine those two together, these people are not very technologically um, adapt because a lot of technology they can't even read. Like 
they can't understand what the websites say. So I spend a lot of my time translating and coordinating and trying to make sure everybody understands what they have to do and also doing a lot of techie stuff that like I'm sure everybody can relate I'm sure everybody here can can relate to that feeling of doing a, a quite techie job that the people around you don't see how much work it takes and don't understand it themselves so they think oh making a purchase order or putting these products into the inventory will be super easy like snap you'll just get it done it's like yeah um no uh, inputting 200 items of data uh each of like and and all of those items have like 10 pieces of data per item to enter into a system like that's not going to be fast that's going to take a long time and then making sure it's correct yep. and making sure you know like so it, it's definitely an interesting uh role to play because not only am I doing a lot more tech stuff than I thought I would be doing in this company but a lot of my upper management have no idea what I do on a daily basis that can make things exciting when it comes time for bonuses oh yeah and they treat me really well financially like I cannot complain at all when it comes to the financial aspect I, I do get paid late but it's a substantial amount so I cannot complain like if it wasn't lucrative I don't think I could keep doing it because it just burns you out when when you speak of upper management you mean like upper management as in there's like really one person above you in upper management correct or I, mean, I would say maybe so, two brothers correct yeah so like my it's bosses, not like there's a chain of people above them too yeah okay so the you know what i'm, I'm wrong them. i'm wrong i actually we have a sample of the website it looks like the very first iteration of what i made on wix like it looks like all they did was make a home page with four product scrollers on it and some pages they used the template they had sitting around exactly and, they yeah. used the template and there is a menu on the side with everything very messily displayed and it like the text is not even Altered, like the text just looks like plain text you pasted onto a website, and it's yeah, like lower mipsum or something like that. Yeah, right. It, it's very, yeah. It's and yeah. like the pictures are pictures they pulled off of Google, and some of them are pixelated, and some of them are nice, and you know there's a couple watermarks on some of these things. You know what I mean? It's just all very like they touch up a Drupal page. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so whereas my website for my store is beautiful, it's got a nice uh, color scheme to it. I mean, you know, I'm sure like uh, maybe a link to the website for my store can be posted with this episode. Maybe people could check it out and see like the things I was able to do with Wix because you could do a lot. Like you're able to make very beautiful, very interactive websites. Um, so do you vape? Uh, actually, funny story, I used to vape and I cannot vape anymore. It's very, very bad for some of my health conditions and uh. I stopped I stopped vaping. Um, so, you know, come buy all the vapes for my shop, please. Um, but no, I don't vape. Now, I'll try a new vape. I'll try a new flavor and everything, but I won't vape more than that because it's not good for me. Not even not like a zero? Uh, no, because... I find that vaping the zero nick, it, it kind of just gives me a headache. Uh, like, it's like if I was vaping the nicotine, I'd get the nicotine rush, like you're smoking a cigarette and the headache. But I guess something about not getting the nicotine in there, it's like, what's the point, you know? Like, I'm not, I'm not addicted to the glycerin and the propylene glycol. I'm only addicted to the nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> the blueberry mint part of it, the equation is not the part that interests me, to be honest, but. No, I've been vaping now for just. That'll be more than a decade. Oh yeah, what's your go-to? Um, what my mom? Yeah, like what? What's your go-to vape setup? 
I'm using a Vaporesso uh, Gen Mod, one of the, the early revisions. Okay. And then, um, what, um, I used to make my own coils, but mm -hmm. now I'm just, um, what, a dual Clapton at uh, 0.5. 0.5? Running, what's, your, what's your wattage usually? Running about 60 watts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not then, too, too high. Some of my customers are running like... 100 or 120 and I'm like I don't understand how you're doing that and not burning your lungs apart like that just seems yeah. so hot well, but for the longest time I was at 45 watts I've recently switched to just going with like between 55 and 65 mm -hmm. but that's I don't know if it's the the new e-juice that I made or um it, it well it's got to be the new e-juice either that or just the low ass temperatures in Texas right now mm-hmm so you make so, your own juice? You don't know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a lot cheaper for me to make it a gallon Definitely. at a time. You know, I end up paying like a, what, 140 bucks for six months worth of e-juice as opposed to paying like 20 to $40 a week trying to you know, mm -hmm. get it from one of the local shops. Yeah, that's so, the thing. I mean, the, the whole do-it-yourself system does not save you any more money than the disposable system. The disposable vapes. But anyway, that that's a vape topic. This is a tech show. Well, no, we talk about whatever the hell we want to on this show. So. Well, then let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but no, it really does save me money doing it my Yeah, e I, I, could, I could definitely see how making your own e-juice it would, but the people that come in and buy the, the pre-made bottles and the coil yeah. and, like, everything in the shops like that, oh, my gosh, spend so much money that it's comparable if not more than the disposables i find because yeah. a lot of the people especially when they're first starting they have no idea what they want right and they go through so many options and so many juices and so many things. now i will say that my shop is pretty successful because of the fact that i'm there hi um no because me and my one employee we are very, very, very uh, focused, hyper-focused on customer service and making sure that people know exactly what they're getting and, and have a good experience. Whereas a lot of the shops nearby are staffed by people who maybe don't vape at all, like they're from the Middle East and they don't even smoke at all, or um, maybe people that don't speak English so they don't know what to get for you or they don't know what you're asking for. So I will say that, like, we do, we are pretty successful. We do really well, and we know like we're one of the shops that actually know what we're talking about when it comes to vapes, especially the the uh, reusable mod systems rather than just the disposables. But yeah. it's a very it's an interesting community. It's a really well, interesting community of people. Like around here, there is just vape shops galore. But you go uh -huh. into them, and all they know is the disposable stuff, mm -hmm. and they don't know anything about you know the right. You have, to, you have to point out what you're looking for. You have to you know kind of search around. If they don't have it for you, they'll tell you they're going to order it, and you'll probably see it in two months. And, and it's actually getting harder to find um, the the atomizers that you can you know build on yourself that don't mm -hmm. have uh, plastic around the center post. Yeah, the that's a big thing, too. The plastic with the vaping, I've noticed, is, like, a lot of the newer uh, mods and tanks and stuff will have, especially with the Vupu, I yeah. think, does this a lot, where they have the plastic pieces in a metal vape. And I find that to be really questionable because oh. I feel like the plastic mixed with the heating and the coils and the uh, high no. wattage, like, that just seems like such a bad idea to me. The first time I go to clean my coils by, you know, heating them up to get the carbon off of them, that mm -hmm. thing melts and the center post just falls out. I mean, yep. what good is that? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. I'm not going to lie to you. I bought some of those devices for my store uh, back when I first was managing it, and this was like a year ago, and I, I don't sell them at all. Like, I can never really get anybody interested in them. I mean, the whole idea of having liquid and hot metal inside of a magnetized piece of plastic in your pocket just seems like a total, like, ass-backwards concept. <laughs> like, leaking, leaking is like the primary concern most people have. <laughs> Well, if you're dripping right, you're not leaking everywhere. you got to make sure that it's mostly dry when you're done. Yeah, which some people can do that. Like 78-year-old Becky Lynn from down the street who's trying to quit her marbles just has a really hard time with that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, I love my old lady customers. They come in and they only want one flavor of juice and one strength, and I don't have it. And they're like, oh, Oh, I'm so mad. Yeah, it's funny. It's very funny. But, you know, work be work. I like it a lot, though. My job, it's it's really, I'm one of the most tech-savvy people in my company, so I get to do so much techie, creative stuff I never thought I would be able to do just because they have absolutely no idea what the hell I'm doing, and I just get to fiddle around with things all the time. And then spell the techno babble at them when they ask. Oh yeah, well, and I, I usually don't even explain unless I have a visual representation of what's going on. I will just work on something for six months and, and hide it and hide it and hide it until I have something that they can see and understand from a like a abstracted graphical user interface. Yeah. Like I was actually when uh, at the beginning of this website project when I was really frustrated, I was trying to figure out how I was trying to teach myself JavaScript and um and I think I was trying to teach myself Python too, or uh, no, I was trying to teach myself JavaScript and um, HTML, and I had this concept, I had this idea of. Uh, exporting these products, uh, Excel sheets into my Google sheets and using the Google, uh, scripts, uh, coding extension, like add on thing with Google sheets to like code my own website using HTML and JavaScript together with the Google sheets information because like Google sheets, uh, the, the Google scripts part of sheets that connects to your Google sheet has this like, very JavaScript-esque quality to it. And you, like, if you know JavaScript, apparently you can use it really well. It's just, there's just some specialized Google commands that apply to like your, your whole Google suite of applications. And you can just like reference one of your Google sheets or one of your Google images or one of your Google documents with certain commands. But aside from that, like the syntax and everything is very, very similar to JavaScript apparently. So I was trying to teach myself how to do that and I was trying to fiddle around with it and also teach myself HTML and see if I could slap something together like um, you, my own production. But I, I got so sidetracked and busy with other things that project kind of died. But anyway. Have you been out to uh, W3 school? Uh-uh. I dropped the link in uh, Mumble. That okay. site I found is actually really good at teaching you step-by-step. Um, I, I used it when I was learning SQL. Okay. So it, it, it's got Python listed there, CSS, HTML, oh, JavaScript. Oh, very cool. I will save this, and I will definitely utilize yeah. this. I, I love these kind of uh, web-based, like, you know, do small uh, small exercises to, like, learn these languages. I think, 
Like, even if I don't get it immediately when I'm doing it, sometimes if I take a little time, walk away from it for a couple of days or so and come back to it, I, I, I kind of digest it and I'm able to keep going and learn more and more, which is super fun. I think I was using Code Academy or something like that. But yeah, so it's been interesting. It's been very interesting to like work on my own knowledge of how to develop websites alongside of this company that we're paying thousands of dollars to to develop websites. Yeah, the last time I actually put together a website was 1999. <laughs> so it's changed a bit. A little bit, just a little bit, just just a little bit. Just a little, See, yeah. The the only difference is that back then you probably did it yourself. And now what you do is you go to ChatGPT and you say, hey, ChatGPT, could you please make me a website that does X, Y, and Z? And ChatGPT makes you a website that does X, Y, and Q. And you're like, ah, close enough. Sounds a lot easier. Yeah. And back then it was just, I I was just working in like pure HTML. Oh, yeah. And I was trying to teach myself that. I wanted to work from the ground up. I always liked that method of learning, you know, starting from the ground up to really teach yourself all the basics. Because I find, like, when I have abstracted knowledge and I don't exactly know why something makes something else happen, it's hard for me to keep going with just studying that thing or learning how to do that thing because my mind constantly lags and nags on that little that little uh, nugget of knowledge that I'm missing to understand exactly why X plus Y leads to Z. I don't know if anybody can tell, but I'm not having any issues with the audio lagging anymore, I don't think. It doesn't seem like I am. That's good. You probably haven't hit the mute in a while either. Well, I, I, it seems like ever since I lost connection completely, it seems like everything's worked. So it might be the case that everybody was just on the Wi-Fi because everybody's also kind of gone to bed. But anyway, so maybe it was the connectivity. Well, I do have an update on my Raspberry Pi 5 order. It still hasn't Except, arrived yet? No, it ha- the board itself has not shipped yet, but my accessories did. <laughs> so I got the case, the power supply, uh, the cooling fan, and, uh, and the RDC uh, battery. But I'll be ready once the board finally ships. They want you to exercise your ability to make believe, okay? They want you to utilize your imagination. Yes. Just take pictures of the case with every, all the wires ran up to it and tell everybody you got it. Exactly. <laughs> you think you could just buy things these days? Oh, no, sir. <laughs> right. You have to show that you really want it. And at 52, I'm starting my master's degree at the end of February. Yay. Oh, there we go. What's the master's degree in? Information systems with the concentration in cybersecurity. Yeah. That sounds first, like a lack class. of vitamin D. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> first first class is going to be a a man, like a leadership and organizational stuff, you know. Because I just come to the realization that if I ever want to be a manager at my company, yeah, I work for a tech company, right? So, if I ever want to do that, 
almost all my managers above me have a higher degree of some sort, so probably might as well need to do that. Yeah, it would be a good idea to get a higher degree so you could be paid even less than you're worth. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, oh, they pay me well. They pay me really well to do oh, basically support. I mean, you know, I, I kind of moved, I went through, uh, I was professional services and went to uh, the cloud team, and now I'm in uh, global support. So mostly because I know I know our product like the back of our hand, but the cloud team doesn't really know that. <laughs> right. Not like I do because I've only been doing doing uh, working with this ERP since what uh, 2003 ish, you know. <laughs> so how big is the company roughly? That's a good question. We have locations in uh, Malvern, uh, rest of Virginia, in Ireland. I so might how- get, the ch- get the chance to travel to Bangalore, but i got to get my passport yet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, definitely get your passport. That would be cool. So, yeah. But, um, how big is your be- team that you work with, like, on a daily basis? <laughs> my Okay, so we have, like, Four or five in Bangalore. They're, they they get the from the APM till twelve noon the next day uh, shift. Although we start we start before noon, obviously. But then uh, and then in the U.S. team we have three people counting myself. Uh, technically four counting my manager because she's in rest. And although she's going to be in, in in India next next month, I think already. Wow. Um, but, uh, then, uh, we just finally found somebody who finally accepted, uh, the, the position, uh, in, out of Latin America. So I'm gonna assume Mexico, but I'm not sure. So, cause I know the name. Well, she told us the name. I don't remember what the name is, but... <laughs> So is, is the benefit of having people in those different regions, having people available in those time zones and speaking those languages, is that why you yes have specifically? No. Okay. Well, see, the thing is, thing is, our the product I work on is mostly North America with some Latin American schools. So it makes really real sense to have the support person that can speak Spanish because we have uh, one in the Caribbean as well as... Uh, one, it's it's Puerto Rico with a location in Miami, Carlos Abizu University. So um, they, uh, you know, there is a language barrier there, so that would be helpful. But they're working on adding uh, internationaliz- internationalizations uh, to our products so that we can sell it in other countries. You know, but it's only going to be cloud from now on and I think SaaS is what they're going for and that's the push to we have a managed cloud and SaaS uh, versions of our product as well as on-prem still and the whole goal is to get everyone into a SaaS product less customized stuff like that so but yeah it's interesting work you know and uh um, in fact, I actually probably need to renew my AWS Cloud uh, Practitioner certification. I think it expires here in a couple of months. 
I think that's the thing that I kind of rub up against uncomfortably with the job that I'm in um, is that, you know, I don't have to do things like get certifications or really uh, get any like official documentation of what I know because the people that I'm working for know, you know, are so much less capable in these uh, areas than I am. So they're just willing to let me do it and trust my knowledge and let me teach myself along the way. But I think deep down, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I will stay with this company forever or if eventually I'll move on to a different company. And I think I would really like to have certificates and, you know, documentations of what I know just so that I can, you know, safely say if I want to pick up and move to a company like, hey, I, I can do this. You know, I'm qualified well, to do this. And AWS is really damn cool. And we, our company, we don't really use it for everything you can do with it. I mean, there are some pieces we use. Like, we use the hell out of, um... Ah, crap. I'm trying to remember this serverless stuff. Um... I'll remember it, like, ten minutes after uh, the show. Um... But then, like, Parrot and other things like that that they have on in in AWS, like, you can, you can, uh, like, uh, translate uh, text-to-speech and, and, and connect that to a phone system and stuff, and it's pretty cool stuff. Huh. That's cool. I'm trying to remember what that is. Lambda. Lambda functions. That's it. Lambda functions is basically where you can write the code and, and AWS will execute it without a server. Serverless computing. But we so use what's the, the benefit? What's the benefit of serverless computing? That's a good question. Um, I'm glad it's a good question because I felt a yeah. little stupid asking it, but I yeah. wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure on the spectrum of smart to stupid for that yeah, one. Like, <laughs> well, like you can, like you can write code that'll do, like for example, spin up and spin down EC2 instances. Oh, well, you also use something called Terraform as well, um, but it's it. I guess with Lambda, if you if you have something where you 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 already know the code. It's gonna execute the same the same way every single time. It's a lot cheaper running it on Lambda than it is on an EC2 instance. So EC2 instance essentially is a server in the cloud. You know, it can be Linux, it can be Windows, it can be uh, uh, you can even run uh, EC2 instances on on uh, ARM hardware in in AWS now. So uh, that's a thing. But then you have all the different step functions that you can do and a whole bunch of different things that, that our product itself doesn't really take advantage of yet, but someday it will. That's Question, always the thing. AW, the someday. There's AW, yeah, there's AWS's version of, of chat GPT, you know, they have their own AI stuff. So. And they, they're starting to use that too with the, like the, the, the stuff you guys are like, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about how much AI type things are infiltrating like See, normal technological workflow. Not right now for us, nothing. We might, I mean, it's hard well, for us because, because we support a product. So we have to support well, whatever the product does. I know my bosses are very, very interested in, in getting AI involved in what I do on a day to day basis. 
It's mildly concerning, but, you know, eventually somebody's going to have to support the AI, so I'll still have a job. But, I mean, um, yeah. Right. No, I spent, like, six months helping out um, interns that were specifically writing for AI, AI for the company. Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I actually tend to use AI and ChatGPT a lot in my job. But a lot of my job is not just tech-based. It's also, you know, generating images for promotions right. or for website stuff or, you know, writing uh, employee handbooks and stuff like that or filling out applications. Or I had uh, – we're going through right now, we have uh, – for our wholesale – we actually released a building that's technically not in zone for wholesale use. So we have to go through a city process to rezone it. And that application requires a narrative statement of why we want to rezone it. So I asked ChatGPT, I was like, hey, could you please write me a narrative state? Actually, I said, hello, comma. Because I always feel like if I'm polite to it, it'll do a better job for me. I'm sure that's not true, but I really feel in my heart like if I am very polite with it, it will generate a better response. So I say, hello, can you please generate me a narrative statement that talks about blah, 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 blah. And it does a really great job, like such a great job. I can't justify wasting 25 minutes on writing something like that anymore, you know? Right. Well, it, well, and I think I don't know if this is the first example of AI taking a job, but uh, if you ever gone to Sam's Club and they have the receipt checkers, uh, they're soon not going to have a human standing there to do that. You're just going to walk out the door. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I know that like in some bigger companies like Amazon, for instance, um, like uh, auditing jobs are being taken over by like AI and sensors and video camera technology. And they're yep. doing like been counting with inventory and like the sensors and cameras are able to detect all of that. So they really don't no, need somebody to, you know, count everything. And that's essentially what they're doing is, is basically there's going to be like an arch over the doorway that has the scanners and stuff. You know, now, now I myself, when I'm a, at Sam's Club, I use scan and go all the time. I basically scan the shit as I put it in the cart, take two seconds right before I walk out the door and check out, show them the QR code as I'm walking out the door, and they scan three things. And that's it. We're out the door, and I don't have to stand in line uh, for a cashier to check my shit out. It's like, yeah, does it suck for the people that are doing that cashier job? Will they lose their job? Maybe. But, you know, it's like... uh, I I don't think Sam's Club is going to get rid of that. I have heard of some grocery stores... Uh, wanting to get rid of the self-scans because, hey, people are stealing shit. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a concern. But, but I mean, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people, you know, make the argument that, you know, if you're going to take away a person to do the job of checking me out and I don't do a good enough job checking myself out, how can you really blame me? There's nobody here to do that job for me. So I wonder how that's how that right. kind of mentality will respond to all of these jobs um, being you know, taken over by AI-type technologies. So, but and then yeah. also you have to wonder, like, is is 
is moving the job of like a cashier or a, an auditor, like is removing that job going to create a huge problem or are we going to be able to develop like more jobs that will take its place that people will enjoy? Because I mean, you could also make the argument that you have a very large amount of jobs like opening up in the entertainment side of things with the, you know, proliferance of social media right. becoming very popular and all these other, you know, online type jobs where people aren't really in the real world doing a real job. Well, you really, really need to read that book that I suggested called Bullshit Jobs. It, right, it covers right. a lot of that topic. Well, and that's, that, you, you, you talk about bullshit jobs. Um, there are so many jobs that were started because somebody thought it might be a good idea to have somebody do this. And, you know, and nobody ever looked into, is, is a human person the only way you can have that job done? Right. You know. so, but I mean, if you don't have money going to, you know, your workers, your your general population, then they can't spend money, and so other people can't make money. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, it goes towards you know, like like here here, it, nothing has gotten that more more uh, clear to me than the pan- recent pandemic was when when people couldn't go to these basic jobs, you know, they went and got jobs elsewhere that are better than a retail job. And now they don't want to go back to the real retail job. So there's nobody to take that retail job. So like we've had, like uh, we've had stores that had to clo- like restaurants that closed before dinner because they had nobody to run the place. Right. So, I mean, I mean, and, and, and then when, and when, Someone like Paige wants to hire someone. Good luck. <laughs> I mean that, that that's difficult. I mean, you know, in in I'm not saying that's you know that those jobs should pay more necessarily. I mean that might end up ha- happening, but you know it's 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 you know. If if you were work happy working your shitty job, but then you got a better job, and now you make more money, why do you want to go back working the shitty job when you can? It's, yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's like the- like uh, Luke's doing DoorDash right now. Yeah, definitely. And I I think the one thing that I've noticed because I and, and, I, and he, he he likes he likes it, but yeah. I I had a kind of a little bit of. Um, no, yeah, yeah, my bad. Uh, I had a little bit of experience kind of working, um, like a little bit of a internet type job, so to speak, like, because I got to a point where I had this Facebook account that was generating, you know, money and stuff. And one thing I noticed about those type of jobs is that, uh, there's very, very, very little regulation when it comes to like the, like the, the value of your labor and everything. So it's a very new workforce. So I would say like, I think the appeals of, you know, working from home, working on your own schedule, you know, doing like a new kind of creative type job are really appealing. But in a broader sense, especially when you introduce AI technology to it, like not only are people kind of be using as being used as content cows and kind of machines of content and not necessarily getting a very fair wage for the content that they put in. But also now with the introduction of technology and AI, you have people competing with AI to create and create and create and AI can create content infinitely faster and infinitely more detailed and infinitely, you know, so it's like, 
it's an interesting competition between human and AI when it comes to the jobs force because you've got AI well, in depends. the real world taking jobs and you've got AI world on the internet taking jobs too. But in uh, one of the conversations that's come up frequently with some of my other friends that I do a po- another podcast with um, is – I think where AI really is going to start to really come into play is, is in ways that we don't know yet. Like, for example, your phone, like, here's a great example. Technically on my Pixel 6 Pro, there's that row at the top of stuff that you use, like, all the time. That's actually generated by AI, believe it or not. Um, it, it takes all the inputs and then puts up there what it thinks you want to use. So, like, if I'm in a steady, steady stretch of going to the gym, which I have been, thankfully, um, then as I walk into the gym and I swipe up, one of the first icons on the top is the the app I need to pull up the QR code so that I can walk into the gym. So, like all uh, the things we used to set up manually using IFTTT. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the interesting part of all that is that it is the things so that I we think... set up and want to set up, but like it's also uncomfortable. Like it's it's a little strange to have your technology predict that for you and like do it for you. Like where does it where is it supposed to stop? Especially if it just does it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Am I delayed? Yeah, and sometimes like like I see that even in uh, Android Auto too. Uh, no, you're not. Oh, but I asked um, that like a, a couple. But even in Android Auto, like if I'm driving, yeah, along, but Joel I was usually... just talking, so he wasn't going to yeah. respond. <laughs> yeah, I had the app pulled up all the time, and uh, the map on on Android Auto pulled up, and it puts up in the upper right hand corner like these shortcuts, and depending on which direction I'm going, it will change those depending on where I'm at and the direction I'm going. Like, so if I'm starting to head towards home. One of the icons I see in the shortcuts is my home. Not that I ever need an app, you know, need directions to my house when I'm here, you know. But but it does that, and it puts how how long it's going to take you to get there, which is very handy. That's AI. I mean, there's AI in, in that algorithm doing that. So um, it, it's just, you know, a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions on what AI can do. And to even go f- further than that, I think there's also a point where we, need, where we need to put guardrails on it so that we can be sure that what it won't do, you know, like uh, to kind of avoid the uh, uh, the Terminator issue. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want your Sky AI net. to go too far <laughs> into know? any sort of biased type. Like, I mean, there's, there's a certain amount of bias that has to have to produce the right results for somebody, but you don't want it to start like having a negative feedback loop at any point and start to, you know, produce any negative results that are going to be detrimental for the user experience. Yep. Or humanity. And being, and being, I work with higher ed, higher ed moves historically slow with technology. Um, you know, they, they, they claim, they always say, well, we want to have the best this, best that, and best, and all this stuff. But then they don't even know what that is. You know, when, when you talk to execs at, at the college level. So, 
I mean, I've only been working with higher ed for, oh, 20 years now. So, <laughs> so that's a, it's an area I know very well. I know, I know that nothing moves fast. No decisions gets made fast. I have a client, um, that, uh, Ever since I started working on the cloud side of things, when I first, they're like, oh, they're leaving in a couple of years. Oh, they're leaving in a couple of years. Guess what? They're still with us. <laughs> and I've been, I, it was what, 2019 when I started working in the cloud? You know, so they're still with us. And, and they're starting to implement more things with us too. It's like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, and then there's, uh, the pure SaaS cloud computing stuff for um, for higher ed uh, ERP system, ERP and student information systems, uh, our competition workday, and they they've never been out of the cloud. They've always been in the cloud, and always been service software as a service. So, um. You know, so that's a competition we have. Although we're, we're still the large, our company is still the largest, uh, largest out there doing this stuff. So, but yeah, there's there, there there's you know, I'm on a good team. I'm working for a manager I've known since when I was working at a client. So I'm very we're, we're uh you know we're uh the top two on our team. Yeah, I'm the I'm the lead and. She's my manager, so, but, uh, you know, like I said, one time I want to be a manager and, you know, I want to keep moving forward, so, you know, I don't have that much longer I have to work, but I do, I don't want to always be a cog anymore. Yeah, it's just hard because that management level, not only, you know, not just the cog anymore, but you're maintenancing the whole machine. And yep. So even when you want to get something done that you didn't have the authority to get done as a cog, now that you're maintenancing the whole machine, now you don't have any time to get those things done because four yep. parts of the machine are broken. <laughs> so there yep. you go. Or, That's or, what I'm... Or I'm con- or I'm constantly fi- fixing what the uh, admin slash engineering team is f- fucking up. up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the craziest part about work because, you know, I only just entered the workforce a, a couple of years ago. So the, the craziest thing to me is just how cyclical everything is. Like you think that you're starting something and you're going to end it. And, it. and nothing really works like that. Like maybe a couple no. of small projects here and there you'll start and end. But most things will be a start leading into like, you know, a cyclical going around and around in circles of trying to finish it, but then coming up to needing to do another thing and another thing, and then that thing breaks this thing, and then that thing yep. breaks this thing, and then suddenly, oh, it's obsolete. Now we got to move on to another well, method of doing it. You mean the software life cycle? Yeah. yeah. Software <laughs> development life things, cycle. But, yep. It's DLC. I know that. Uh, oh, <laughs> now, yeah. Well, that, that, and that's IRL. everything, too. So you talk about... Uh, you know, folks like your dad and I, who and, and uh, Joe's a little younger than both of us, but when we, when your dad and I probably were entering college, and you took computer information systems, you know what they taught? <laughs> Cobol. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Cobol was way before my time. Fortran, yeah, Cobol. That's it. Wait, Fortran? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so... Oh, I mean, man. I mean, when I was learning stuff, like, it was so weird when I was in college. It, it was, like, some hipstery type of computer science course. Like, they tried to teach right. me this functional pro, uh, functional coding program called Idris. I say that very Arabic. Now, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. Idris or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, and so it's, like, I felt super cool, like, knowing how to do this functional, like, mathematical proof coding. But also it was not applicable to anything. And it made me not like computer science anymore. And I switched to math. So it's like so weird what how I, I feel like what people learn in their first go or like what people first start with kind of like uh it makes a difference I think in in like what they end up yeah. liking and how they end up doing things like I I never really ended up liking the whole coding aspect of things because the first program that I ever learned, like it was a bunch of useless information to me at the time. Now I'm sure if I had stuck with it and kept learning other languages and right. beefed up my understanding of actual like regular programming, the functional Look, mathematic proof well, coding would have right. been great. No, w- w- once once you really get one language under your belt, the rest of them are not that hard to to wrap your head around. Right, right. And by the time you get around to your third language, it's you can read at least any programming language that comes your way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I started with Basic back in the day, like right. In the eighties, yes, and and then um, I didn't get a formal class in programming until high school. We were lucky, and we were one of the few high schools that actually had any type of uh, programming, and that would have been like C plus plus and HTML. And then right. college, it was C and Java, mostly Java. Yep, I remember. Um... And I try to remember what term that language is supposed to be in. Oh, it's first term. Uh, when I was going through the entry process to get my bachelor's, all the stuff, all the stuff that admissions was giving me was saying that that your first computing language course would be basic. All right. Well, I sh- I show up on that day and I get my I get my schedule and it says you're taking Turbo Pascal and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. That's different, and it is. It's very different than basic. <laughs> you know, it, it's not hard. It's not difficult. It's just very different. And who you? But who uses Pascal anymore? Nobody. Uh, <laughs> you well, know, people I mean, still use Fortran. Oh yeah, I don't know uh, scientific uh, computing, like like uh, the computing clusters that uh, uh, our friend Link works on. Uh, they all probably your, use Fortran. All your giant CNC machines that um, uh, Boeing, Spirit Aerospace, uh, that they use, that's all Fortran. Yep. So if you know Fortran, and you're one of the few people that know Fortran, you can make a lot of money. Right. Well, it goes back towards, like, when you talk about, okay, our print subsystem that we use uh, to print things like checks and stuff like that doesn't have the ability, at least from our programming aspect, to insert things like graphics and stuff like that. You have to add that as a layer on top of the, the output. Basically, we're using line printer daemon, straight line printer daemon. You know, you, you, if you know, now granted, if you know the, the, um, What's HP's language? I can't. Oh, PCL. If you know the PCL code, you can actually put that in via like your your subroutine, your print subroutine, 
All right. A lot of our clients don't. They use something called an easy spooler or um, where I came from, we use up. Uh, I don't even know if they still use it anymore, but they use one called um, Objective Loon um, Print something. I forget what it was. Uh, but the nice thing with that was is I could send print to a queue in that and have that queue just hold it. And then I can go in and grab that printout, you know, the code that came from our system, and then drag that into the development tool they had and put all the all the images and signatures and stuff like that. Even repeat code, as long as the code was always hitting in the same column in the same position. You know, that's very archaic technology. Technology that somebody just coming out of college now doesn't know and never will know. <laughs> Because why, you know, for other systems are not, you know, the system I work on has been the system for at least 30 years, if not longer. So it's just being adapted over time to do the more modern things like, you know, have a interactive web page and stuff like that, you know. So, uh, you know, there, it's a lot of money in, in the, the, you know, the, the, there was a lot of truth to to uh, during Y2K of a lot of older folks, older than us, getting paid big bank to uh, take that COBOL code and remove the two year the the two digit years and put four digit years in. You know, and. Uh, there's still going to be that, I think, for for the foreseeable future. Well, we got 2038 coming up. Yep. That's the epoch. So, you know, and, and there's going to be old systems in use for that. Like, like, I guarantee you, if you go to, like, a machine shop now, there's probably a 20- or 30-year-old uh, CNC machine. It's probably being run by Windows NT. Or something like that, <laughs> or even older. I I've heard stories of uh, Commodore sixty four computers running those those thin things still. Those are the really old ones, but you know, <laughs> you know people don't want to want to throw out late technology that continues to work. We're, we're running low on time, Paige. I wanted you to talk about your other thing, um, what you're using to create your the comic book. Paige? Yeah, I got you. Um, that's no problem. I Paige? actually... Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Is it delayed? Yeah, though? we can hear you. No, no, no it's not delayed. Oh, you're messing you. with me. Yes. Oh, Oh, that's not different from normal. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> like you were messing with me. Um, yeah, so actually I was just, uh, I was just uploading it to my Google Drive because I want to drop a link to it so you guys can see what's, uh, what was produced. Um, so I have it uploaded. Let me copy the link. Um, so yeah, so I've been using this program. It's an open source program called Krita, uh, to make, I've been using it to make art since Gosh. Oh my gosh. I've been using this program for like 12 years now. A long Maybe longer. Time. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it a long time on this show. I, I, I talked about it on Linux in the House, but because I, I, originally I used GIMP. 
Um, but GIMP is yep. so vector focused and vector heavy. Uh, one thing I like about Krita is it's just something about it is a lot more. Bitmap. Yeah, bitmap. It's, the bitmap is just a lot. I like it a lot better. Um, so, so I've been using Krita for a while now and, uh, I, I've been using it to make all sorts of projects. Um, when it comes to like work based projects, I'll make business cards and stuff on it, but I've been using it to make this comic book, um, called Substance Abuse, and I'm trying to get you guys, like, a link so you can see it, but it's uh, it's taking a minute to upload. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I started this project a couple years ago, and I've been using this ever since. Okay, now I can copy the link. Let me pull you guys back up. And let me see if I can drop the link here. So there's the link, and then I might have to edit the privacies share with anyone with the link share with everyone okay so now that the I, I, I edited the, the accessibility so you should be able to click it and view it let me know if you have problems um, but I started this project probably three three to two to four years ago. Um, on Krita, and it's 100% done in Krita. Uh, I didn't really use any other application at all for this project. Um, and it's still a work in progress. This is just volume one. I plan to make many more volumes, but it's basically, um, you know, like a, a futuristic dystopian type uh, graphic novel or comic book, however you want to call it, but it is text heavy. There's a lot of text, um, which is just my handwriting on the on the drawing application. Um, but yeah, I, I've been using it for a long time now. It's my favorite application I've ever used. I've tried Photoshop. I've tried GIMP. I've tried Inkscape. I've tried uh, all sorts okay. of just random programs here and there. And Krita so far has been my favorite. So you're drawing on a tablet? Yes. I have a, I've gone back and forth with different um, actual hardware for the drawing part. Uh, I started with Wacom products, the Wacom Bamboo, the Wacom Splash. Uh, those ones are really good. They are a little pricey though. So since, since, um, since I got my original bamboo products, um, after two or three iterations of using the bamboo or the Wacom company, uh, I have decided to switch just based off a of cost analysis alone to a, uh, uh, hardware from a company called HeSense or He's, yeah, I think it's HeSense, H-I-S-E-S. He's, he sends something like that. Uh, but I can also drop the link for that product as well. But it's basically a another tablet. You just plug it into the USB port of the computer, and it mimics the screen on the tablet. And when you move the pen around and hover around, it moves the mouse around. And when you click the pen to the surface, when you touch the pen to the surface of the tablet, it acts like the mouse touching and clicking. Um, and then it also has, like, an eraser side and whatnot, so you can flip the pen, and it'll turn the eraser function on. And uh, the one thing I don't like about it, though, is for some reason I got a tablet where you're supposed to be able to see the screen of your computer on the tablet. I've never been able to make that functionality work on the old MacBook I was using or on this new LeapBook I'm using. So, uh, But aside from that, yeah, it's just, you know, you get this, like, 50 to $3,000 tablet, however much you want to spend, but $50 is a perfectly fine amount to make an entire comic book, as you can see. So you spend 50 bucks, you get a little tab, you plug it into your computer, and you, and you draw. Cool. And it's pretty fun. It's pretty so fun. So you're not doing it on Linux? Say that again? 
Are you doing this all on Linux? Yeah, um, I'm doing it now on Manjaro originally um, just because I had gotten a MacBook for college. I was using a MacBook for a while, but the MacBook, um, I actually prefer the, uh, I prefer using Manjaro. For one thing, when I plug in my um, hardware part, the tablet, I'm able to use it no, with no problems. For some reason on my MacBook, even with all the correct drivers installed for my tablet, I was having issues where I would have to restart Krita or restart certain applications to get it to work with my Mac properly. And I don't know if that was a result of the MacBook being really old or if it was a res- just like a incompatibility issue with between the software and the hardware. Uh, but I have a lot more success with this Elite Book running Manjaro for like a seamless use of the hardware with Krita. Krita doesn't crash as much or anything with this too. It might just be a beefier laptop than the Mac that I had, but. And so you have a specialized tablet that hooks to your Manjaro machine and then you use a stylus to do the drawing. Yep. Yeah. And I got the tablet and the stylus as like a bundle on, um, on Amazon. And it was, it was not expensive at all. Actually, this one might have been a bit more expensive because it's supposed to have the screen functionality. If I could make a recommendation to any artists or graphic designers or anybody who would find the value of using an external tablet-style mouse instead of a regular mouse, don't bother yourself with trying to get a fancy one where it'll put the screen on the tablet because it's not going to work and it's going to be a waste of money. Just get a bare-bones little black piece of plastic that mimics your screen when you run the pen over it and you're good to go. Like, no, for some things in life, I really find that price, like, an increase in price is just adding all sorts of unnecessary functionality and does not guarantee a better working product. Right. No, because we have one listener on, um, for the other show that I'm on, Mintcast, that um, asks about uh, us to review stylus technology and, and uh, talk about it more. And... I just don't have really a use for it. Oh, I yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I did end up getting a stylus and, and testing it out, but I'm not going to go in depth or anything, and I'm definitely not an artist, so. I'm, right, yeah, after after years and years and years of using stylus products, I have to say the Wacom company is really great. Um, they're definitely my number one. Uh, but this, this newer company I've gone with, it's not bad. I just, the screen... The screen aspect uh, of these devices is not worth it. If if somebody was going to ask me for my recommendation on like my favorite uh, stylus type device, I would I would recommend any of the Wacoms. Well, if you wanted to put a discussion together about it, we'd love to have you on Mintcast. Yeah, any I would love to anytime. Stop! I will <laughs> I had, you know what? I had one of those bamboo tablets, and I and I liked it. I don't know what the heck happened to it. You know, it could be the three moves since the last time we actually talked. Uh, <laughs> but I did have one, and I did like it. Now I do have a um, an iPad with the pencil, and it does work nice. But I don't use the pencil that often, though. <laughs> it's more of a note-taking uh, one, one question I had 
One question I had in regards to your comic book. When it came time to get it printed, how easy was it to oh take the files? Oh, my God. <laughs> to take what you had in Krita to get it to, to a printer. Let what did me you have to tell do for that? you Anything? something. Oh, my gosh. That was the biggest struggle. Because uh, a digital product and a physical product, like getting from a digital product to a physical product is just so much, you know. And I think that you, people don't really have a concept of what that takes until they go through and actually try to turn something from digital into physical. Like you just have no concept of what it's going to be like until you try it. So first of all, you know, uh, color values on, in a digital sense do not translate 100% to a printout. So automatically off the get-go, uh, going back, if there's one thing I could change about my comic, I wish that my color choices weren't so dark all the time because it can translate to a very, very dark printed image, um, which is the first issue I ran into when I printed uh, uh, prototypes. So what I did was when I felt like it was about time ready for me to print this out and start selling them, I initially printed some prototypes at like Staples, which was horribly expensive. I mean, I, I made like, uh, the first copy of this book I ever printed cost me like $50. <laughs> I'm going to lie. And which is not feasible at all. So from that, from that $50 price point, I was able to bring it down to $30. Um, after that. And the pro the, uh, the other problem was, you know, there's margins on the edge of the page and you don't know before you print it, whether the margins are going to show or not because of the way that some of these user interfaces are set up for process of, printing digital files. So, you know, you're kind of playing a guessing game and trying to see what's going to work and then just hoping when you show up to the print place or when you get your order that it looks like what you wanted it to look like. So not only that, but you also have to set up your file in whatever kind of collation they want the pages in because um, it's not just... You don't just give them a PDF like what I sent to you guys of page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like some services want you to make them like spreads instead of a single page. So then you have to make your spread to be page one and two and then three and four. And then or like some, some companies want you to do like the, the pages as they lay across. Like, so you have page 16 and page like 54 or anyway. So that part was super confusing and I was crossing my fingers and praying that I got it right by the time I used the company to print it. The company that I used um, is a, a comic book printing website. Uh, I'm sorry, a comic book printing company. Um, I found their website. I think it was actually recommended to me by a friend who also makes comics. Um, I'm trying to find the name of it right now. Um, but I ordered basically when it was all said and done, I had this PDF of these collated pages and I uploaded it to this company's website and I selected specifications and placed an order for 50 volumes and that 50 volume order cost me $330. So every volume was, you know, how much is that? $330. Let's say $350 because I think it was like $345 divided by 50. So each volume cost me $7. So I, I ended up getting a set of 50 volumes and selling them for 10 to $15 in my shop with a little display that I had made. Um, you know, just, just trying to get as much money as I could for each copy. So the, the actual process of printing it was one of the most, like, uh, uh, stressful parts of 
the whole process of making the whole thing because I was like, man, I really don't want to drop $330 on something that ends up having like crazy weird margins on the edges or gets printed out of order or has really bad color values. But the company I used was actually amazing. Um, well, have you, and as soon as I have you considered like, um, self digital publishing on Amazon or something like that? Um, I've, I've considered stuff like that. I think the, the thing that holds me back is just, um, being so busy with other things in my life that I, it's, it's been a year now since volume one and I still don't have volume two out. And part of that problem was the fact that I was, I worked on volume one, I got volume one out. And when I got Steam to work on volume two again in the summer, my Mac, uh, died and would not turn back on. And I actually brought it to Dan to, fix it and um he was able to back up everything i needed off of it into an external hard drive and i was able to save everything but a while there for a solid like month or so or maybe even longer i thought i had lost everything that i worked on except for maybe like the pdf file i sent to the comic company i thought everything was gone but then i was able to get it all back um, but then just so much work stuff and all these things. And then I had to learn how to use the elite book and with the new tablet I had bought, like all these factors together made starting volume two, a really delayed process. So now I'm only like, uh, 25 pages into volume two. And I still need another like 15 solid pages of story with the extra filler pages for the front and the back. So I think the main thing that's, that's holding me back from publishing this book more is the fact that there's just not, there's not a lot to it yet. Like volume one is all done and everything, but that's really just the exposition to the world. It doesn't even really get into the story of the actual comic. So I'm running up to a lot of labor versus not a lot of time to get it done. Have you looked at Lulu Press? Is that like a assistant type final? Uh, like, a, or is that for printing? It's for printing and selling. Okay. It, I, I don't think like I have. It's Lulu.com. It's not, it's not just that. I know they started out with print books, just regular, you know, words, but they do graphic novels and comic books too. Okay, I'll have to look into it. I, I definitely would like to see if there's any way I can get better pricing because you know, seven dollars per copy is yeah, not the, ideal. The pricing is comparable. It's uh, black and white. I think is five dollars and eighty-three cent a piece, and it, then it goes up to ten fifty-seven for. Uh, yeah, comic books format. Okay. Now, and I will have to say that the the quality of the prints that I received from this company for seven dollars per print, like it, they are great quality books. Like they'll hold, they're sturdy, they'll hold up. The front covers are stronger than the pages and everything. So I'm happy with the product I received, and I do think that my customers like will be able to keep the book for longer than your typical thin paper comic book. Like it's not like newsprint thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like standard, you know, like almost manga type but with the thicker pages like it's like the front cover of a manga type book throughout almost okay. but maybe not quite as thin but and with but, like glossy full color finish because it's it, there's a lot of color in this book so it's really important that it's in color um for me so you know there's just a lot of uh, a lot of factors to the printing that i definitely need to do more research on but there's there's definitely uh aspects of the comic process that i've been working on over the past year to try to expedite like i turned my handwriting into a font so i could just type all the words for the volumes to come rather than draw them which saves a lot of time i, I think you got a good product here i mean what, what I, I've, I've looked at it looks great uh, oh thank you yeah, I think Lulu.com is a whole eco- ecosystem for self-publishing. So look at that. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to save that website and take a look into it. I might I might 
try that out. Of course, there's always that anxiety of using a new service and then making a mistake because I could very easily reorder my first order and it would be exactly the same. But even that first order had typos I need to correct. So, Um, Were you able to just take what Credo outputs and send it right to the printer? Yeah, so... um, what Krita output for me, of course, starts as a Krita file, but you can export it into a, a PNG file, which is exactly what I use to send right into the um, oh, so you not not have... right into the printer, but I I turn that PNG into a full PDF, basically. So you didn't have any problem with color correction and all that stuff. You could just write out a Krita, send it. So the printer and everything worked out pretty well? Well, initially with the samples from, like, Staples, I had an issue with the color. It was very, very dark. But for some reason, when I used the online company, their colors were much brighter when I got the copies, which I was pleasantly surprised about. I actually didn't expect that. But I guess the the type of printer that's used is very different because I think, like, Staples typically will use, um, you know, like a, a, a printer that's going to be good for printing posters and stuff which I think is a little bit different from a printer that's specifically set up and settings-wise formatted to be doing, like, graphic novels or comic books. So I'm not really sure what exactly the difference was between the technology with the Staples version of printing um, booklets and the company that was specifically for comics and graphic novels, but the color values turned out much, much truer to my application versus Staples. Cool. Which I was very happy about it. It it didn't. I wasn't expecting that, but it ended up being perfect. So that's great. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say? Because we got to wrap this up. I got to get to bed. I would just like to say that it was a pleasure to be here, and uh, I certainly enjoyed talking with you guys. And I'd be happy to be on any other podcast. I mean, this TLLTS one, eh, a little dry. I don't know, but but (laughs) any of the other ones. No, I, I have no yeah, problem. Real Jump, show, like jumping ship immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. A real show. Wait, without all these technical difficulties. No, I'm just joking. That's I had it. a great time. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh-huh. All right. Well, just just be careful. Dave requests that you add more suppositories to your work. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> right. That's it. Well, I will certainly yes. be more careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're I think he said super awesome stories, but yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Need uh, more flavored suppositories, you said. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for indulging, Paige. I appreciate it. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. uh, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna be back again next week, and who knows what's gonna happen, right? Uh, so uh have maybe next week it'll week. be me and no one else. That's it. Just well, no, me. Dave's always here now, so <laughs> Alright, it'll be me and Dave. The rest of you guys will be on hiatus. That's it. Alright, I'm gonna play this out. Anybody else have anything short they wanna say or Alright. Well then here we go. Words. Here are, yeah, here are their promos and stuff. Thank you everybody. I am short. Oh my god, it's Hacker Public Radio. Hacker Public Radio is a daily podcast by the hacker community for the hacker community. If you're interested in technology, creative thinking, hacking, Linux, or any kind of computer, that kind of stuff, you should listen to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.com. 
My name is Matt, and I've started a new podcast called Media Break Quest. I talk about Linux and general technical topics. To get the show, visit LibreQuest.org. So we can paint anything we want? Anything at all. How about if I paint your fine ass? Mm, yeah, with my tongue brush. Shut up. Just shut up. Daddy has a gun! It's over. Well, you were making egg poo young in the kitchen. I was in the dining room having sushi. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what is going on with the weed. It was breaking up bad here and there. That was on your end. Yeah, I didn't know it was anything. Murph said something, and I'll say about it. Murph said it too. But it sounded good to me here, but but I'm not now what, strange. What, well, what I was thinking was happening, and I think it, it it still might be that was I had my browser up, looking up stuff. And whenever I had the browser up, the stream started to cut really bad, so I just minimized it, and it seemed to f- solve the issue. I don't know why I was doing that, because it's not like I fired up system monitor. This thing's not using up that much resources, so, with you know, granted, it could be that this, you know, hey, this, this computer is what, uh... It's the second computer I've gotten since I started working for Illusion. And this one, the when I got my Surface Pro, which is now five years... Damn, this thing's probably close to ten years old. I have no complaints. Well, you'll be happy to know that that Dave flavors repositories. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's a food scientist. Interesting. Or I, was. I would have thought I, I would have thought that was more of a pharmacy thing, like a it, pharmacist it, job. It, well, it, that's that's what I did for thirty five years was for, formulate vitamins, so it's sort of pharmacy. And suppositories. No, I never did a suppository. <laughs> Wait, are you talking now? Because I can't hear you anymore. Who? I was talking. Can you hear anybody? I, I hear you now. For some reason, it, it stops putting audio through every once in a while. I wonder if I have a setting that's not. Oh, you know set. what? Hmm. What is it? Hold on. Sometimes that happens with, um, what is it? Is that what happens in this TLLTS room? I'm more used to Linux in the house where things typically go correctly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do this. Go to bootleg stuff. Yeah. Go to. How long has this show been going on exactly? (laughs) Go. Go to configure at the top. Okay. And settings, and then go down the network. And is the use quality of service checked? Yeah, it's checked. Okay. Uncheck it. Uncheck it and hit apply. 
Can you hear me? Can, yeah. Can, I would just can, do it. I can't hear you. That, that's what I meant to ask. Can I hear you? No. Can you hear us? Hello? Can you hear us? No. Can you hear me? I can't. So oh. did you uncheck use quality of service? I did not. Should I? Yes, uncheck it okay. and hit apply. Please do that. Hit, hit, hit I, I, okay. I was about to do it, but then the the audio cut out. I, I think the computer was like, you better not click it. Don't tell her, you know. <laughs> I'll never know. Just because I'm impressionable. Dan <laughs> talked me into it. Yeah, the minute he talks about a button that should or should not be clicked, it's just clickable. Very clickable. All right, is it working now okay for you? I can hear everybody now as far as I'm concerned. Okay, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Well, I, yep. I, I think we're good to go then. As long as I can be heard, as long as my voice is clear, I that's think that that's important. what's really yeah. important. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It is. That's what we're all looking for. Uh, uh, do you know what show this is, Dave? 1035? I'm guessing. <laughs> you sure? Well, it's no. normal. <laughs> you, you're not confident in your guess? Now, don't play with me because right. I know I can hear you from downstairs just slightly, but I cannot hear you over this computer right now, so I don't know what's going oh. on. I, I don't know why occasionally I'm not hearing you. You're not You're not hearing us now? Well, like, I just Quality heard your voice from downstairs. I wonder, I wonder if... And you were, unless you were muted, you didn't just talk on mute, did you? No, I didn't talk because everybody else said uh, no. I think so. Wait, am I the only one that's cutting out? I don't hear anybody uh, cutting out. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I think I'm just but If anybody losing. else were talking, she may be able to tell if we were cutting in and out. Yeah, I think right. everybody should just nonsense mumble for the next five minutes and we'll find out. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah, what what can I say? This is what I learned in college for all hey, two hey, years that I went. Joel, she just yes, gave sir. you permission to talk, so That's, now, Joel, I don't please. need permission to talk. You know that. Please, Joel. Use this permission. Why use your newfound power wisely and for the good of the rest of us, Joel. Never. Oh, that's never gonna happen. Damn. Well, I'm hearing everybody now. Now that Joel's uh intent to cause trouble, I'm pretty sure the computer wants to work. <laughs> Alright, let me try this. Can you hear me while I'm talking? Maybe the computer right now? wants to hear Joel. Can you hear me while I'm talking right no, now? No, now I can't hear you guys. I can hear him from downstairs. You know what? She's I got think, the quality I don't know why of service that. stuff on. I, I think it's picking If only me I knew up. some guys who were good at computer stuff. You Wait. muted him. You yeah. muted him and on I'm purpose, sure didn't everybody's you? laughing at my hilarious joke, but I can't hear it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Laughing. It's quality yeah. service or uh, stuff for TCB. Wait, can can you hear everybody else now? I can hear them now. It was just for a second I couldn't hear them. I told my amazing yeah, joke and everybody laughed really, really stuff. hard. All right, can yeah, you hear me that... right now? Hold yes. on a second, Joel. Can you hear me? Now, can you hear me while Joel, I'm talking like this right now? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me right now? Mm-hmm. You can hear me. Because I'm, yes. I'm wondering if it's picking me up from upstairs and, like, shutting your... I don't think so because it's not like I can hear you hear you. It's just that I feel the vibration of your voice enough to know that you are talking and I'm not hearing it on my headphones. And I'm not sure, but it also seems to happen more when I hit mute on myself. So I haven't been hitting mute for the past minute or so to see if it'll not do that. So go ahead and hit mute and and tell if, if we are, if we end up not, if you don't hear us. 
Do you hear us? She's mute. She's muted now. Okay, I just hit mute for like a couple seconds, and now I'm unmuted again. So if anybody wants to talk, just so I can see if I can hear people. Can you hear us? Because now that I'm unmuted, if somebody's talking, can you hear us? I can't hear them. You can't hear us? Okay, so I think when I mute myself and unmute myself, for some reason, I stop getting audio back for a second. All right. Can you hear us now? Now I can hear you, yes. Okay. What mute are you hitting? Uh, the one at the top, right next to the deafen yourself, mute yourself, record yourself. Deafen yourself? Is that what that thing says? Yeah. <laughs> Mine just says mute yourself. Oh, deafen yourself. Okay, there you go. Um, why don't you try to deafen myself? So down, down in the maybe that's her problem. She's deaf. Down in the oh my gosh. Down in the you, lower. You solved it. You diagnosed it. <laughs> down in the lower right hand corner by the time you should see a microphone down there. Yeah. Try clicking that instead. Right, did you okay, click that? Okay, I did just click it and muted myself for a second, and I came back, and, and it, I think I can it, hear people. It didn't matter? It didn't matter? Unless somebody's talking right now. I am talking right now. Is somebody talking right now? Talking right talking. now. We are because talking. Because in that case... Well, you can't hear yeah, us. Well I don't know why. Us. I don't know why it cuts out for a second after I uh, mute myself. What time is it? Well, why don't we just leave you on? Are you getting a lot of feedback? Yeah. No, not really. Nope. Okay. As long as we're not getting feedback, I think that that would probably be the best way to do it. Yeah. As long as... So there, there's, a, there's, there's, there's another weird thing that's going on. I don't know what the problem is. But when, when I try to do the push to talk on hers, and I try to set the hot key for it, it won't let me input a key, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, the whole graphic, the whole, the whole like interface just kind of glitches for a second every time you hit a key. That's okay. Which, which is just, we'll just deal with it unmuted. You, you could set a shortcut to mute the microphone. But that, that's the one that's yep. not working. When no, we no, try to add no, the no. shortcut. Oh. No, no. Oh, system, wait. System level. What, uh, what, what Linux is she on? Manjaro. Manjaro. And she using Wayland? An elite book. How do you know if it's using Wayland? I don't remember. That's practically everything's using Wayland. Now. Um, I don't know what a Wayland is. It sounds the, like a the graphic subsystem. group from Game of Thrones. See, I'm I'm using Manjaro too. And the Waylands. Pro- it's the same. It's the same Manjaro. I, I don't and now, have a problem. I can't hear anybody anymore. What, okay, but what, is she running KDE? Yes. And she's probably running Wayland. Oh. Well, press and, the Windows and, key and type shortcut. Short cut. What comes up? Um, uh, there's this is the shortcuts, but there's uh, I don't think there's any shortcuts here. I, I, I'm not familiar with Manjaro enough to, to guide you through the rest of it there, but uh, um, I, I'm sure Dan can since he's also running it. Uh, if so, shortcuts it says search and then audio. Audio. Uh, audio volume. Uh, is there a shortcut for the microphone? Uh, mute, yes. Volume mute, add shortcut, input. Uh, Make it like Alt Z or something. 
Uh, I, ooh, okay, I'll do that. It's very close to my undo button for my program. I don't yeah. want to get them switched up. <laughs> I get that. Alright. I made it Alt-Z. And so now you when you want to mute, you d- yes, we can hear you. I can't hear y'all. That's interesting. That you can't hear us. Oh, you muted your output, not your input. Okay, so I now have yeah. the mute shortcut enabled, but right. I don't think that that's uh, it's the wrong mute. It's not the mic mute that you have enabled. It's the it's the system sound mute. You know what? I'm gonna pop uh, up there yeah. a second. That's Hold a on point. a second. Hold on. Can I squeeze in here a second? Yeah. There you go. Let me, let me see your headphones. Dan, the man is here. He's got a plan. Mm-hmm. All right, we're there. Okay. Um, Joel, or anybody, talk. Hello. Talk. Why would we talk. do that? Hello. Hello. Give it a second and then it'll... Keep talking. If you try to turn hello. it off and turn it back on again. Hello. That's hello. actually what they're trying to set up, a way to do that. Yeah. And then we just stop talking. Is anybody talking? We don't know what else to say. Every, everybody's I'm talking. talking. Everybody's talking about Oh, that's you. weird. Yeah, isn't it? Why is... Oh, you know what I wonder? Can you hear me? No, can't we can't hear you, hear you yes. at all. <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Can you hear us? Probably not. Okay, I can hear you. I I was able to hear you guys talking. Yeah, it seems to be like a delayed response, though. It's like a second after the mute. Yeah, it seems to be like, for some reason, when you mute it. But then it's also happening when I'm not muted. When I don't even click it, it's happening, too. But not as frequently, but it's still happening. Uh, let's try that. Um, mm, he said, she said bullshit. Um, <laughs> hey, Jackie, how you doing? Hi, uh, you guys there? No, yep. we're not here. We left an hour ago. Yeah, we're still here. No, I'm talking to them. Wait, what are you connected to? Do, do, do you want to talk to, to them? Where's the Wi-Fi? Dan, Dan's somewhere. wife, Paige, is, is on. I was just flirting with you. Oh, okay. You, you were just flirting yeah, with me. Oh, daughter. daughter. Yeah. Oh, my bad. You know what I think it is? Don't you level of creepy there. Um, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg at it again. <sighs> Ouch. I would have gone with Piers Anthony. Testing one, two, three. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, Piers Anthony writes some really disturbing stuff. Why does this look like it's... Let's just, just don't mute. Okay. You shouldn't have a need to mute. I mean, it'll be all right. It will be all right. Oh. Dave. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave and Dan and, and Joel, and, and okay, yeah, okay, you too, Paige. You, you, I have a book you guys should read. 
What, what is a it? book. A book. What a year book. is it? 2024? An audio book that you can <laughs> they listen still to. make those? An audio book that you... Uh, believe me, I listen to the audio book. You, you know what? Oh, my gosh. You know what I think... You know what else it could be? It could be because you're using a headset that the microphone is part of the... You're plugging into the uh, auxiliary port. Or the audio jack port, and it's got the microphone coming in through that too. And I wonder if that's what's causing the issue. That when you mute the microphone, it mutes the headset too, or it, it does something funky like that. Because they're both that that's both coming through the heads, the uh, audio jack. Does anybody else have that set up? I don't think so. Do we? No. No, mine's USB. Me too. Yeah. Right. Let's just anyway. go with it. Let's just go with this so we can get through the topics. Anyways, I have a book you all should listen to. What's that? Uh, it's Let called Dan Bullshit Jobs. Bullshit oh, Jobs? Oh, who hasn't had a bullshit job? <laughs> I currently have one, and that's our topic tonight. There you go. <laughs> Partially. Partially. Then you My first job was Burger King, and that was bullshit. You should definitely, definitely read the book, then. Bullshit first... Jobs. Who's yeah. the author? Oh, gosh. i got to look that up now. It's a podcast. you got to prepare that information, man. I want to read the book. This is a free-form <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but I need to hang up if I'm supposed to prepare. It's probably right, right? available. <laughs> right? Well, it's on, it's on uh, Amazon. It's by David Graber. It's nonfiction. Correct. Well, at least he's not telling us telling us to go uh, uh, buy a Stanley Cup. God, that thing is stupid. Mm-hmm. All right. You think it's stupid to have your cold drinks kept cold for twenty four hours straight and your hot drinks kept no, hot I for twelve hours straight? Not for four hundred dollars. No, I think it. I think it's stupid. To <laughs> Sounds like well, somebody even, doesn't want to invest in their future. I mean, well, even a regular price, <laughs> you know is what? Like Fifty bucks. You, you, uh, you, you, the problem is, is that you have a drink in there for 24 hours. I mean, you're not drinking is, it fast enough. I think the problem is a hyper-reliance on extreme temperatures for drinking pleasure. Now, if we could all just drink room-temperature <laughs> liquids and be happy with it, we wouldn't have to get fancy $400 cups on the market. I'm just well, saying. Well, that is an interesting argument, which I will toss out with the bathwater. Right. I prefer I that all of my nice arguments cold. be tossed out. Circle so we can move on quickly to water. the next topic of conversation <laughs> that I cannot hear through my headphones. Uh, I, go ahead, Joel. Go ahead, Joel. I mean, Dave, go ahead. Get your two cents in. I've got a Stanley Cup. I'm not proud of it, but my, my daughter taught me into it. And, <laughs> but the reason I'm glad I have it is because my old water bottle was 17 ounces. This one is 40. I'm not filling it up eight times a day. It's like four times a day. So. Damn. Is it really a hundred no, I paid forty dollars. No, they're, they're normally they're normally fifty fifty. I paid forty dollars. Okay. But the, yeah, 50, what we're talking about 50. is the uh, limited edition pink oh, yeah. ones that yeah. came out for <laughs> Valentine's Target Day and that Starbucks. people people bought all of and then turn around and sell them for like three or four hundred dollars each. Oh. And they're like they're like going all they're going like all black Good Friday Lord, on their ass. Now nah, mine's black and I'm doing the best, year. man. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's like the Cabbage Patch Kids or the um. What are the other things that did that? Cabbage Patch and uh, Bingy Babies. Raspberry Pi. Well, I guess it was Cat. Before what? What was it? A couple years. No, Tickle Me Graphic Elmo. Card. That was a big one. Tickle Me Elmo. Dude, that so was like a decade ago. Yeah, that, that was like. <laughs> Almost two decades ago, right? Dude, yeah, I guess so. Tickle Me Elmo was a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, I'm not ago. gonna lie to you. I don't recall any of this. Um, but you know, if you guys want to keep talking about how Tickle old you are, feel free. Okay, so what was a recent thing that people, a uh, PlayStation Five? Graphics there you go. cards. Graphics cards. Graphics. Well, yeah. Raspberry Pi fives. You know, you can't buy them. There's. I've been waiting for mine since October. Basically okay, anything around here. No, because we have people that will go by um, all all the stores around here and, and buy up, like, every single Christmas decoration that they can find or every single Halloween decoration that they can find. And they will turn around. No, they will sell it locally because they can't get away with it as much on eBay because then you got global prices. <clears throat> well, and that's why nothing is precious anymore. Okay, nothing. Yeah. Because every every time somebody tries to do a nice thing, you got Becky Lou over here with an eBay account or a stand at the farmers market, and she's gonna yep. buy it all up and, and, and make it into her own. Give it a five hundred percent markup. Stuff her. Yeah, exactly. you wouldn't believe the amount of stuff that I see from like the the ACO or the Goodwill that's um, for sale for like dollar to five dollars and then turn around and it's the exact same thing that somebody bought from there with the tag still on it it is like 10 bucks on facebook marketplace exactly exactly and that's why with my comic substance abuse volume one which is not out on any platform is that way because i don't want anybody to take it and do something weird with it comic only Uh, available from me Okay, which, hold, which hold comic? On. We're gonna get to that. I, I don't know if anybody's saying anything though for the moment because I can't hear. But I'll I'll take questions in just one second. Can you hear now? Yes, I can. All right, so hold on. Let's let's start the show. Start the show, then. and we'll cover all these topics. Look, look. If I can't get your comic digitally, I don't want it. You can get it digitally. You just have to get it from me. I won't post oh, okay. it. Yeah, I, I won't put. I have the file. It's available. I just, I don't really, uh, I haven't found a way to post it online that I trust right now, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, okay, we're going to start the show, and then we can talk about all these things in a minute, okay? Well, you ready? You yes, ready? sir. All right. This is, what is it, Dave? 1,035, right? Yes. All right. It's, it's fired away. Give me a count around, Joel. 